I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Catalyst for Change, brought to you by the Shaw Family Foundation. During each podcast, one of my esteemed colleagues or I will be talking with changemakers who are using entrepreneurial tactics to solve big problems. Last week, we produced a special podcast of a live event which we hosted with the Boys and Girls Club and the Boston Public Schools on the four key working groups BPS has created to help improve high schools across the city. Now it's time for a deep dive into the first of these four working groups, Mass Core Standards. Today, my guest is the executive director of the Shaw Family Foundation, Ross Wilson. Ross worked in the Boston public school system for 17 years. He began his BPS career as a kindergarten teacher and then quickly became a principal. Ross then became assistant superintendent of Boston Public Schools, where, among other things, he ran human capital and led negotiations with the teachers union for the city of Boston. We can go down many paths with Ross, and today I'm going to talk with him about high schools, Mass Corps, and the expectations BPS has for its students. Let's get started. Hi, Ross. Hey, Jill. Hey. So, so you are quite well-educated. Oh, thanks, Jill. <laughs> you hold a doctorate in education, uh, master's degrees in educational leadership and educational psychology, as well as degrees in special and elementary education and also literacy. That's a lot of different I, I, degrees. I, um, I enjoyed school after, um, after high school. That's good. That's good. Well, I think we're all quite lucky that, that you have such depth of knowledge. Um, I get to, of course, talk to you every day about all kinds of things. Um, and I can honestly say that there has not yet been a question about education that I bring up and you don't have a point of view on um, or know where to get more information about it or which data to source about it. So I find that incredibly compelling and um, very lucky. Um, but I think it's also very pertinent to this conversation today. Thanks. It, it is certainly fun discussing um, issues <laughs> of public policy every day. There you go. So, okay, so today we're going to take a deep dive into why so the why behind mass core requirements and um and why this working group is one of the four working groups that the superintendent deemed very important um why is exploring this issue so key to bps sure well i think i think um first and foremost uh we're preparing our students in boston for college and career success uh and it's essential that you know we we know that when a student leaves the Boston public schools that they're prepared to go on for success in college um, and and to have a happy and healthy life ahead of them. Uh, what we've seen in uh, a few different reports that have come out about this issue um, is that our, that's not necessarily the case for every student in Boston, um, and that's not okay. And we as a system need to improve to make sure every student is prepared. So, so let's talk about the system for a second, just to get kind of the whole landscape. So there are 125 schools or 54,000 students, but how does it all work? How does someone, you know, in kindergarten or before kindergarten, or they come into this country, how do they end up in a particular school? And then what drives their pathway to high school? It's not even get into high school yet, but, but what happens in the system? It's quite a large system. It is. So we have 125 schools in the city of Boston, uh, Boston Public Schools. Yep. Um, in total, there's about 75,000 kids total in the Boston in Boston. So the um, other, so the others that are not part of the 54,000 are where? Uh, in private or parochial schools or charter schools. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so as a, as a parent, uh, you're, if you're looking for schools in uh, K-1, which is for our four-year-olds, or K-2 for our five-year-olds, or even K-0 for, um, for three-year-olds, mm-hmm. you, you begin that process in, in the fall. You, um, you essentially are, you look on the website on BPS or go to a welcome center, and you're given a list of schools that you can apply to. This is the same for, for pre-K through grade eight. Right. Um, and this is called the home-based school assignment system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and parents uh, are given a choice of at least six schools. Um, four of those schools are going to be top tier schools. And then um, a few other schools, uh, all within hopefully one mile radius of their home. Mm-hmm. Which I can imagine is important, right? Proximity is important most most often, do you think, or you know, not necessarily? I, I think I think proximity matters a lot because families uh, want to make sure that their child is safe getting to and from school and mm-hmm. that they can be engaged in that school community. Uh, I also think quality of programs that the school offers is really important for families. Um, and options for before and after school programs um, are really important when families make choices. Right. Um, so, so families rank their choice for their, for their student. Um, there, those, those choices go into a lottery essentially. Uh, and then, uh, families are given their, their assignment in the spring. Okay. So, so then I, as a student, I end up at a school and hopefully one of the schools that my parents chose. And, um, then what happens? How, how do I, am I assessed as I'm moving through the school, because when we get to high schools, there's, there's quite a spectrum of high schools. And so am I entering the school system, kind of looking at a particular pathway to end up at a particular school? How do I know if I'm on the right track? Does someone help me set goals and objectives to get there? Me as a child, me as a parent, how does that all work? Like, are you kind of master of your pathway or are you at the destiny of some greater force? I think, I, I think um, the Boston Public Schools does a, an excellent job of assessing students um, in kindergarten and first grade. They do um, uh, wonderful literacy assessments and math assessments. Uh, They're all developmentally um, uh, leveled and, and parents get really good information about their students' progress as they progress in the younger grades. Um, it, we also have MCAS testing, which begins at grade three, um, and that is in math and literacy. Um, what also happens in, in grade three is students take a, a, a test called the Terra Nova. Um, the Terra Nova is an assessment that is, that is given to every third grader, and it's essentially used to identify if students are a qualify for an advanced work class. And what, what's that? So advanced work class is a, a separate class um, that students have an option to, sorry, it's a, it's a separate program in the Boston Public Schools that begins in fourth grade, yeah. and, and students who score at the top percentages uh, amongst their peers on the Terra Nova mm-hmm. uh, are given a choice. They can go into an advanced work class program. Sometimes that program is at their schools, uh, but many times that program is at a different school. So beginning in third grade, we begin to sort students mm-hmm. um, and, and quite frankly, create a trajectory for, for those students um, towards exam schools uh, if if the student is choosing that path. So that, so that, that starts to be a bit predictive though, right? In terms of where you're going to end up in the future. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you, many families who are given, so um, when I was a principal of a school, 
uh, many of the families who got into advanced work class had to make a very difficult decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their choice was to stay in my K-5 elementary school, make a transition in sixth grade somewhere else, and many of them wanted to go on to an exam high school in yeah. Boston. Yeah. Um, so they would have to make another transition to a 7 to 12 school. So this is this seems very parent-driven, though, for the mer- most part. And these kids are only 4th, 5th, 6th grade when they're being assessed and, and placed by the Terra Nova, right? So how, what, if I'm, what if I'm a really bright student, but my parents have no idea that there are different kinds of high schools and they don't have me on this trajectory and they're not completely responsive to this notion of special classes or special pathways. What, what happens then? Are, are there folks in the system who are looking out for me? Like how, how do we make sure that all kids are ending up where they should? And is this even the right well, look, tool it, for, for assessing and, and sorting? So, 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 uh, uh, you, you could ar- also argue if, if a student doesn't speak English and they take the Terra Nova, mm-hmm. in, which is only provided in English, there's a bit of a disadvantage right, to all students. So there's, there's yeah. plenty of reasons why you would say a system should not use one test score to make a judgment about a student's long-term um, pathway to high school. Right. The, um, it, no, so, but this works for certain people. So, it, it so, they're, does. so they're not going to get pushback from anyone who ends up on the track they want to be on. Certainly. So, yeah. so uh, let me say, to, um, uh, let me take a, diff- a bit of a different track here. So, if you're in a K to five school mm-hmm. um, and you get into advanced work class, the, the choice to enter into an advanced work class that goes through sixth grade um, and that you know does a lot of preparation to get into an exam school, it's an easier choice for those families who are in K to eight schools. Um, who actually have a clear pathway right to through sixth grade or even a guarantee of being at that school through eighth grade, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a much uh, it's a different choice. Should I go to advanced work class or not? Many of those families would choose to stay in a supportive, high-performing school mm-hmm. um, that does not have advanced work uh, because they know their child will be safe there, will continue to grow academically, and will be able to make choices after that sixth grade year. And, and those choices being they can still test into... A, a, an exam school? Oh, so we haven't gotten into the right. structure of what high schools are. Yeah, so we should talk about that. Um, so so what I described as this choice system, um, home-based system, is true for K-8. to uh, But for high schools, it's different. In, in the city, we have about 33 different high schools mm-hmm. in Boston, uh, in wow. Boston public schools. Um, and, and I'll broadly categorize those schools into, into three broad categories. We have exam schools, which are 7 to 12 grades 7 to 12. Um, and that is Boston Latin, Boston Latin Academy, and the O'Brien School. So we have three. And you take a different assessment uh, to qualify for to get into an exam school. That's called the IC, Independent School Exam. Does everyone take that? Um, they will next year. Okay. All students will take the IC next year. Um, for the for this year and for previous years, um, that has been an opt-in where students would have to sign up to take that assessment. Okay. It's going to be given in school during school? It will be given in school during school next year okay. to all students. You have to opt out of the assessment if you choose, if you don't want to take it. Okay. Um, the IC is given, the IC along with um, your grade, uh, you know, ha- 50% of the uh, entrance into an exam school is based on your IC score. The other 50% is based on your grades in grades five and the first half of grade six. That's exam schools. Um, we also have uh, what we call, you know, um, application-based schools or lottery-based schools. 
Uh, many of these are our pilot schools in, in Boston or, or um, thematic schools. So Boston Arts Academy, the Fenway High School, um, New Mission High School. These are fantastic high schools in which students have to fill an application out, sometimes get letters of recommendation in order to be admitted into one of these schools. And, and so do they recruit? How do kids find out about these schools? They do. Many, many of our high schools go to our elementary schools and our middle schools and, and give them information about their school and tell them ways in which they could apply uh, to get into their schools. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, we have uh, open enrollment high schools. Uh, these are high schools that have no, no application requirement, uh, no lottery, and no exam to get into. Um, and these schools um, are used to be called our comprehensive high schools. So they accept all students um, and students travel uh, many far distances because these schools, uh, you know, like Charlestown High, Brighton High, West Roxbury Complex have been on the outskirts of our city um, rather than the center of our city. So in, in their large schools. Uh, it, relative relative to the other size schools in Boston, yeah. So our exam schools are our largest schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, our admissions-based schools tend to be our smallest schools. Mm-hmm. And then our open enrollment schools um, are much larger than our admissions-based schools, tend to be about 1,000 students. Okay, so 1,000 schools. So, so the majority of our students, our high school students, then are where? That's a great question. The majority of our high school students are in our exam schools. Okay, that's interesting. And then they're and then they're in our open enrollment high schools, and then they're in our admissions based schools. So, and then there and then there's one other type of school that we've talked about, and that there's a working group set up around, which is this alternative education group. That's that's right. There are um, we do have alternative education programs. Um, these are for students who are are uh, off track, um, who ha- who may have dropped out and reengaged back into the Boston Public Schools. Uh, they tend to be very small programs. Um, or they're small programs that are housed in a larger open enrollment high school. Okay. So now bringing in MassCore, because this this podcast is really to set up a couple of um, those that are going to follow that really take a deep dive into MassCore. Does MassCore apply to the entire system, K through 12? Is it really focused on high schools? What, what where, where does it focus? Right. Ma- MassCore is, is, is really focused on high school. High school. It, it's high school requirements for graduation. Okay. And I would imagine that the um, schools that you apply into and the schools that you examine to probably have fairly stringent standards. Is this more so something that we're trying to bring those other two groups, Alt-Ed and... Um, open enrollment schools so that everything's standardized or is there, is it sort of all across the board that there, there is no adherence to a set of standards? Um, right. So, so the, some of the reports that have been written about the issues of how Boston public schools is doing um, towards serving all students um, have raised this issue of compliance to mass core. Okay. Um, in, in fact, most, most recently the opportunity agenda uh, released a report that was written by Dr. Balfance, which stated very clearly that uh, if a school adheres to MassCore, the likelihood of that student being successful in community or four-year colleges dramatically increases. Okay. Um, so, but we, you don't choose as a student whether or not you comply to MassCore. Your your school does. Correct. It, it's it, your yes. So many schools in Boston public schools do not comply to MassCore. Okay. Even though there seems to be some correlation with success in getting into a college. Right. So, so a number of years ago, the state, um, the state department of education 
adopted Mass Corps as the essentially the baseline for what all schools across Massachusetts should have um, as a set, a set of courses that students should take to prepare them for college. Um, that recommendation is essentially, um, you know, four years of math and English, three years of lab-based science, three years of history, two years of studying the same foreign language, and at least one course in the arts and five additional core courses. Um, students are also required to have some type of physical education experience in each year that they're in the high school. Okay. That's, that's essentially Mass Core. Okay. And, okay. And, and then in open enrollment schools, I just want to throw one other thing in the mix. Um, there was a, there was some particularly disturbing data in a report that was done by Parthenon last year that talked about what happens to ninth graders as they move through open enrollment schools. And, and so can you just talk about that a little bit? Sure. In, in, in the Parthenon report, which was commissioned by the, the Barr Foundation, uh, found a very troubling um, uh, outcome in our, in our open enrollment high schools. Uh, because uh, many of our students in open enrollment high schools uh, are coming into that school with some sort of early warning indicator, uh, meaning that they're off track either academically or with some social emotional need, um, we, we see that at these high schools, there's a very high proportion of students with the most needs in our system. Um, and so students who are already off track, who have an early warning indicator, they tend to never get back on track when they go to an open enrollment high school. In fact, many of them transfer to another school um, or drop out of school altogether. Who makes the decisions? about each school and what the requirements are for graduation? At each school, the, the, um, the principal or school leader makes a decision about graduation requirements um, in consultation with their school site council and or governing board at the school level. And there's 33 high schools. So is there great variance amongst the high schools in BPS? So actually out of 33 high schools, um, we have 30 different graduation requirements at those schools. That's significant. Significantly different? Significant enough that, huh. that when a student can transfer from one school to another, they may find that they may be a, um, at least a semester behind at a certain school if they, mm. if they transfer. Does that happen often? It happens more often than, than you would think, where a student says, well, geez, I'm not, um, I'm not doing great at this school, or they may want to go to a different school for, for a different reason, and they end up at that school, and they learn that they're no longer a junior, but they're mm. a sophomore. Oh man. And so that's sticky. And, and then you just, it is what it is. You then have to adhere to the new requirements of, of your new school. Yeah. And one could argue that this is the reason we see so many dropouts um, after we see students transfer um, in, especially in open enrollment high schools, we see a lot of movement from students transferring from school to school and we see a tremendous amount of dropouts. That's interesting. So if the principals with, with their teams um, are setting the standards there's a variety of standards. Is there any guidance coming from central office or, or how are, how are each principal, how is each principal incentivized? We have erred in, in Boston public schools on the side of school-based autonomy. We're allowing schools to choose uh, what their curriculum is and what their assessment should be. And, um, and, and quite frankly, what their graduation requirements should be. Um, and no, there is very little central oversight on those, on those requirements. Uh, principals are incentivized um, by the state and 
by the general public and in, in increasing graduation requirement, increasing graduation rates. Um, so year after year, we expect to see graduation rates go up at every high school and go up across a district. Right. Okay. Are there any other things though that we're currently measuring by, or is, is graduation sort of the primary metric for success? We measure primarily by the tenth grade MCAS scores, and yeah. then and then by graduation rates. Okay. That's interesting. And then uh, amongst the 33 schools, is there a strong variety in the types of students in those schools that would drive the difference in graduation requirements or, or not necessarily? Um, stu- we have students with um, different strengths and weaknesses across every Boston public school. Um, we see uh, a large number of our schools have uh, um, students who are English language learners. Um, some of our schools serve... Um, especially our open enrollment schools serve the preponderance of students with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and students at exam schools, we have very few students with disabilities and actually fewer English language learners at those, at those exam schools. So if we, if we move to mass core as a set of requirements, baseline requirements for each school, do, do you think that there, that is a big shift for certain schools then? Um, I don't think it's as big as a shift as we think. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, uh, if you look at the data, it's small tweaks to to graduation requirements will get a number of schools to mass core, and that's pr- not primarily adding uh, physical education um, and a foreign language as a requirement. So it, it shouldn't be, it's not a big lift in terms of stated requirements. It, it's not a big lift, but it's a very important step for the school system to take in uh, providing a baseline for all students across Boston Public Schools um, for graduation. Right. You would think that would do, the predictability would really help students. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the next step is to is to also begin uh, measuring uh, college, uh, college going, college acceptance rates, um, as well as how students are doing in college uh, for each of our each of our high schools. Um, yeah, that's an interesting point. So is there anything else that folks are thinking about that you think about in terms of how principals should be incentivized? So is things in addition to graduation rates that are important to measure? Yeah, the, da- the data here is a little lagging on this, but it's certainly, you know, um, we would love to, to measure how students are doing, how, how high school is preparing students for college and career success. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a good point. And so we'll talk about that more in future podcasts, but there certainly is a lot of kids. There are many kids that are going to community colleges who end up there doing remedial work because the work that they did in high schools didn't get them ready for college. Is that, is that a true statement? Right. So students could go, go to high school, take, take all the requirements, graduate from high school, end up in a community college or, um, or four-year college and end up in remedial classes that they didn't think they had to take. Um, it becomes a very frustrating first year of college, um, where they're, they're having to pay for remedial classes. Um, and students automatically get discouraged, they get behind. Um, and many of them drop out at that point too. So, so it's mass core, but then we also have to look at the quality of the courses that are required. It's essential. Yeah. Um, the next step as for our school system is definitely setting a baseline of mass core, uh, but taking a real hard look at um, how our courses are structured, the right student supports that are in place for our students, um, and, and really getting our students ready for college and career success. Okay. Interesting. So that that's really, I think, where we go from here, right, is that the next thing we're going to do is you're going to spend time with Paul Revel and do a deep dive into Mass Core and what it is and, and why it should be a de facto standard. 
And then um, you and Orrin are going to talk more about this notion of rigor in our schools and, and how that may be the stickier wicket in terms of what needs to be explored and, and what we need to set up within the schools so that there's a more even cadence to to students' lives. Is that fair? We're gonna we're gonna dig in with Paul Paul Revel, who is um who who is uh who is around for the creation of Mass Core, and he'll explain to us a little bit about uh, what Mass Core is, why it was adopted, and um and what the implications of Mass Core are. Um, and then we're gonna get a little bit more into how how should courses be developed and approved in the Boston Public Schools, mm-hmm. so that we can ensure that any student who enters the Boston Public Schools and leaves the Boston Public Schools as a graduate. Um, is ready for, for college and career success. Yeah, because it really, I guess the big question in my mind is if I'm a student moving through the school system, do I know what my end game is? It, it, and if you're a student moving through the Boston public school system or, or a parent, um, do you can you trust the system, no matter what school that your child goes to, mm-hmm. that they will be prepared? And we cannot, we cannot sit idly until we ensure that every school is preparing our students to the highest level. This should not, we should not have a system of have and have nots. We should not have a system of people who are in the know and people who are not. Like this, this current system that we're, we're creating is, um, or that we have created that over the last number of decades right. um, is essentially sorting the, our, our city uh, into have and have nots. Right, right. Do you think, it, this, is, this an, is this a fixable problem? It's absolutely a fixable problem. We're in Boston. We can fix anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is exactly our problem. We actually have to work together to fix it, um, not work in our, in our usual silos. Right. That's great. Okay. I think that's a perfect place to start. And um, then we'll be back next week with you um, talking to Paul Revel. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for listening to my conversation with our executive director, Ross Wilson. I'm so grateful that he leads our foundation and couldn't ask for a better thought partner. Next week, I will interview education thought leader Paul Revel from the Harvard School of Education and do a deeper dive on NASCOR. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please like it and share it with your friends and others in your community who might find it interesting. <laughs>